Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, everyone? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Capital Floats. Capital Floats is Northern California's premier float tank center, and the place is extremely dope. And for listeners of this podcast, they're offering an exclusive deal on their intro float package, which is three floats for $120. That's 20% off the normal price. All you have to do is go to capitalfloats.com, choose the three flow intro package, and use the promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces. In this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Dave Pablotti, who is a mentor of mine as well as a friend. I don't want to spoil too much about who he is or what we talk about, so I'm going to keep this short. But he's a true seeker of wisdom, and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So without further ado, Dave Pablotti, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Mr. Pablotti, what's up, man? Nick. How are you? What's up, man? Thank you for coming on the show, dude. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, one thing. Yes. Before we get started. Please. When I listen to your podcast, the intro. Yes, that beautiful, is angelic ama- voice. Man, the whole thing, the whole <laughs> vibe is so cool. Awesome. Thank you, man. I, I actually listened that. to it. I was like... I'm not cool enough. I'm not cool enough to <laughs> not be Not worthy. I'm not. I don't. Yeah. Shout out King's Kaleidoscope for that amazing instrumental. If you guys don't listen to King's Kaleidoscope, make sure you do. And my wife for recording those. That's what I thought. Angelic I like, vocals. That's your wife. It only took uh, 50 takes, I think. <laughs> Shout awesome. out my wife, though. So can you give the listeners a brief introduction to who you are and the many, many hats that you wear? Yeah. Um, so my name is Dave Pabalotti. Um, I am first and foremost a father and husband of uh, 16 years with my wife. I got three kids, 10, 8, and 5. Um, then I am a pastor at a local church called Rock Harbor in Rockland, California. Then I have been an insurance agent for 13 years. Um, with the company and that's, that's fun ish. (laughs) Uh, one of my most favorite passions is I'm a CrossFit gym owner at uh, CrossFit Loomis in Loomis, California. Um, and then I'm, I'm just finishing up my master's degree in marriage and family therapy. So I'm going to be a a therapist, which I probably have been for a while and just don't have the certificate. So it's crazy, man. How do you balance all that? I mean, that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it's just worked out. You know, being a business owner, um, I think, is is the thing that actually has provided all that, you know? Mm. Um, like, I am my own boss. So, yeah. I can hire people and, you know, there's... I have a, I have an employee that kind of takes care of insurance stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got, I have other coaches that kind of fill in if I can't be there in, uh, in class. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's cool. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I have just a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be necessary. Yeah. You've been a role model to a lot of people in the local area. It seems like, and it seems like a common theme is when people are struggling, they seek out Pablati, mm. and they meet with Pablati, including myself. Mm-hmm. And you've 
been a role model for me and you were instrumental in my faith and my growth. Why do you think that is? Hmm. That is a great question. You know, I, hmm. well, I could tell you from a, from a young age, uh, just even thinking about in high school, I've always been like a pastor mm-hmm. to people. I remember um, being a senior in high school, not going out to lunch, walking the halls and seeing the, you know, the young freshmen that were so nervous and they, they didn't have anywhere to sit. So they were like sitting on the sides of the hall hallway and I would just sit down and, you know, gather them all up really, and just sit with them and be like, Hey, little, little birdies, <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> so I don't know friend, you know, that's just kind of how I'm wired, I think. And, uh, Wow. I, uh, I look out for the underdog. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a God given calling. I think it is. Yeah. I think, I think your faith and the way that you live it out really is attractive to people. Can you speak about your faith and, and yeah. why you choose to follow Jesus? Hmm. I, I know that's yeah. a loaded question. Yeah, it's very, so it's very loaded. Just do your thing. Let me, <laughs> Let me uh let me think here. Let me give you some maybe some um well here's what I love. I love wisdom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I seek out wisdom. I try and like I love the profound. I love seeing a scene and picking out beauty. I love uh watching movies and seeing the underlying story. You know, not just what everyone else sees, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what are these these other things? So when it comes to walking with God, I, I feel like in my life, walking with God is is probably one of the most profound ways of living that you can live. Um, I'm not talking about religious way. Yeah. Um, although that there is a part of, you know, um, patterns and disciplines, which I love mm-hmm. as well. But um I don't know. It ju- it just kind of. I'm looking for the profound. I'm looking for, with the deeper aspects. Yeah. Of, of life, and so, I think that's how I'm wired. Um, and so through that, I have, uh, just as I've grown up, I think that's kind of gotten a little bit bigger in my life. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot more, uh, concentrated. Yeah. So now I'm really looking for deep things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's i don't know that's that's been pretty have you always been a christian i have uh, i mean yes as far back as i can remember (laughs) i've always been a christian (laughs) i've uh i remember when i was five years old i stole some m&m candies (laughs) oh no and i loaded my mouth filled with chocolate (laughs) and my mom said hey did you eat any candy i was like no she's like open your mouth and I was just like, chocolate just filled my teeth. <laughs> and I remember this, that I walked into my house, I went behind a curtain, and I prayed to God. Wow. And I said, God, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. And wow. whatever that was, like, I don't yeah. want to do that. Like, I didn't want to. And so from that point on, I just, yeah, I went to church and with my family and was raised in the church. Mm-hmm. Southern Baptist. So highly judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so I'm recovering Southern Baptist. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah. I've always been in the always been in the church, um, somewhat always a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, you know, when I was 18, 19, 20, I went to a philosophy class and probably for a lot of people, they, they got tested, you know, and, uh, I had this guy who was telling me, he's like, oh yeah, the Christians are the, there's, they're stupid and they're crazy for what they believe. Can you believe this? And you'd start reading the Bible in the class and just making fun of it. And, and this was the first time I lived kind of in a little bubble. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was the first time I saw this this guy just going, just attacking this thing. I'm like, you're attack. You're not. You're not just attacking information. You're in ta- you're attacking my entire life. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. 19 years mm-hmm. of everything that I've given my life to. This was a college philosophy class. Yeah. Wow. Community college. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. So I'm like, you're basically you're saying my life is uh is dumb it's it's not valid and so from then i i got into apologetics and i'm like dude i have to get i gotta know Mm -hmm. if this this is true or not and Mm -hmm. i gotta know why i believe what i believe and how i believe it and Mm -hmm. so is that um, what apologetics is can you explain just a brief explanation of what apologetics is yeah it's it's basically just knowing what you believe and why you believe it okay from just very simple Mm -hmm. um you know, a good book that I that I read at that time was uh, "The Case for Christ" by Lee Strobel. Oh yeah, um, and man, that that just gave me so much hope that there were smart people mm-hmm. in smart colleges. Yeah, that also believed in Jesus because he was he wasn't a believer, right? Lee no. Strobel. Oh oh, Lee Strobel. Yeah, he was he was in he was like an atheist. Yeah, he went out to uh, disprove uh, Christianity, and That's then right. at the end. He was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, here we, awesome. so he wrote this book. Yeah. So that's awesome. That, yeah. It was pretty, pretty powerful for me. You say that you, you're a seeker of wisdom. Mm-hmm. How else do you seek wisdom? Like what media do you consume? What, what other forms of, of wisdom do you seek out? Yeah. I mean, I, I try and stay, um, within the, the uh, the Christian nation, um, but I'm not opposed to like some of my favorite books mm-hmm. are you know one one of my favorite books is in the name of Jesus, which is written by Henry Nowen. Oh yeah, who was a who was a Catholic priest. Wow. So um, I'm not opposed to like picking up some really profound spiritual Christian. Um, faith-based mm-hmm. wisdom from a guy that has lived it. And uh, I mean, the guy gave up everything at the end of his life. He could have, he could have gone to school and been, you know, this uh, highly popular, you know, educator. And he gave up everything and went to uh, finished his life at, and, and served uh, geriatric patients. Really? This yeah. Henry, Henry Nowen? Henry Nowen. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting you bring him up because literally yesterday, I've heard him mentioned a couple times recently on podcasts, just like um, some Christian podcasts I've listened to and someone saying like a quote and it's like, this is a great Henry Nouwen quote. And Mm -hmm. I found myself yesterday looking for the, I searched the best Henry Nouwen books Mm. on, uh, on Google and there was quite a few and it was a little bit overwhelming, but um, 
What was the one that you just said? What in was the, the name title? of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Okay, I have to check that one out. Yeah, pretty powerful. Yeah, um, yeah. He addresses some Christian leaders, some mm-hmm. Protestant. So he's a Catholic priest that addresses uh, Protestant leaders and tells them, "This is what you guys will struggle with in the 21st century." Oh wow! And what he says in there, if you look around, spot on. Like them. Oh. Pretty, really pretty interesting oh that's cool i'm gonna have to check it out so yeah that's awesome yeah but him uh dallas willard yes is is really deep i just you turned me on to reformation of the heart mm. yeah fantastic book yeah great book yeah great book can you talk about we were talking before the podcast we were having a great conversation about how your faith um changed from the time when you were 20 to where you are now mm yeah well first of all i don't have everything figured out you know so uh if anyone wanted to debate me on my thoughts they are free to do that because (laughs) i'm not like uh you know here's here's exactly what it is you know Mm -hmm. but you know i'm on journey as well and trying to figure figure things out or allow things to be revealed um yeah when i was 20 i felt actually that i knew everything I, um, you know, looking back, I remember actually inviting some Mormons into my house just so I could argue with them and prove them wrong. And, uh, looking, I made one, I made one guy cry and I was just a jerk, you know, looking back, I'm like, I have a few Mormon friends and I, I started apologizing to them. Like, I'm sorry, guys. I invited somebody some guys on mission, you know, into my house just to be, pretty much just be a bully to him. And I'm like, yeah, that's the way Jesus would do it. He would, he would argue them into, so that they would cry, Yeah, you know, and exactly. you know, actually some people probably believe that, mm-hmm. you know, I yeah. don't know. But as I turned 40 this year, what, what that's I'm crazy. like, I'm like, man, I know, I actually know less. I know less than I did. Either that, or either I know less, or I'm just I'm trying to be a, a lot more humble mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God works. God will work however He wants to work. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know some ways. I'm living a certain life. I have patterns. I have some spiritual disciplines that I do. I try and stay connected to God mm-hmm. as much as I can. Um, I have some ways that I do that and they seem to have worked out for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I, I mean, I would argue, I would say, Hey, if you don't ha- if you don't know how to live, I know a way to live. Mm-hmm. So come and come and follow me. Yeah. If you want. Yeah. Just like you said earlier, it's mm-hmm. following Christ is, is a profound way to live. And if you put aside all of the stigma behind religion and all of that and just focus on the actual message of the Bible yeah. and the message that God and Jesus preach and give us um, to live, it's is profound and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Doing the right thing, spreading love, um, you know, it, I mean, those things are universal principles. And I kind of talk about this in the first episode that that if the the world could adopt, it would be a much better place. Yeah. But unfortunately, there's just this horrible stigma around it. There is. You know, one one uh, story in the scripture um, 
about Jesus that has rocked me in the last, probably in the last six months. I've kind of meditated on this or just thought about it or ruminated about it mm-hmm. is um, the lady that's caught in adultery. Mm. Right. Yeah. So basically, um, for those that don't know, right, the teachers of the law, the religious, they set this this um, lady up, or right, and so they send a guy over there or whatever. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know the exact details, but anyway, this this lady is caught in adultery. They drag her out in front of Jesus. They find Jesus. They drag her out. They they throw her out in front of him and say, "All right." Here's here's what the law says. The law says anyone caught in adultery needs to die, needs to get stoned, stoned to death. And he goes, okay, right. I I love like he's writing. You know, they record that he writes in the sand. Yeah. Which is like, you know, any Christian speaker, you know, puts his little twist or her little twist on you know what he was writing. Mm-hmm. I don't. Who knows what yeah. he was writing? Yeah. But it, the fact that they put it in there is kind of <laughs> interesting. I don't know. It's funny. It's tight. Right. He's he's writing the sand. Yeah. And then he like I could just in my mind. Right, the soundtrack's going. Yeah. And he's and he goes, he looks up and he's like, Great, let's do that. Whoever uh is without sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. And then they all leave. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can just picture this, you know, this lady, she's naked or whatever, embarrassed, and yeah. she's in the dirt, and Jesus goes, Um, hey, so where are your accusers? And she looks around and she's like, They're not they've left. And he goes, well, I I don't I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. Yeah. And she and she turns around and she goes. Now, if the twenty year old me mm-hmm. looks at that story and goes, Jesus, you mess missed a yeah. great opportunity to mm-hmm. actually help this person get into church, um, go to Bible study. Start, you know, get her life mm-hmm. turned around. Mm-hmm. Um, no God, you know, you didn't, you didn't say, you didn't give her anything. Yeah, you just said go and sin no more. That's it. Yeah, man, you really missed miss the opportunity. You know, actually, if I was there, I would have done it way different. <laughs> you know, I would have, yeah. I would have like gotten that person in a program. Totally. You know, right as a twenty-year-old. Mm-hmm. But so as I'm reading that now, I'm like, man, that that rubs against everything that I've been, mm-hmm. you know, taught over, over the years, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's in my church or, you know, being raised, like we have all yeah. these programs and here's how you save people yeah, or here's how you do it. And here Jesus is, you know, in this really intense, you know, life or death situation. Yeah. And all you do is you say, well, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. Yeah. Like, man. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. how does that look like? Or, or what does that look like in my own life now? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. what does that look like now? The sinner of all sinners, right? You know, we, maybe we know people that have cheated and look, I'm not, I do think, you know, there's, there's ways of behaving. There's like good, healthy ways. Mm-hmm to have, you know, have good consequences. And you know what? There's consequences, right? But in a very simple, profound way, Jesus challenges me in my own life and says, how are you taking the most dirty person, the person that's failed, the the shame, the filled with shame, and says, 
well, I don't accuse you either. Yeah. Because I accuse people. Mm -hmm. I'm a judger. I'm, I'm judging people all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, how does that match up with following Jesus? I'm like, before I get to all the theological positions on everything, I should probably just work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. how simple it has to be for me. Totally. At this place in my life. I think for everyone, it's got to be that simple. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would tell that to people, mm -hmm. but I can't control them. So I'm like, you know, look, if you guys want to talk about all the religious stuff, theological stuff, I mean, I can do that, but it just overwhelms me. I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm still judging people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, the, how all the Jesus blood on the cross forgives. I mean, I believe that, but I don't know how, how it all works. All I know right now is that I judge people. Mm -hmm. So I probably should, you know, process that a little bit yeah. and figure out like, Hey, how do I, how do I become to such a natural place that the person with the most shame I look at and I say, well, I don't accuse you. I love you. Mm -hmm. Which and to me is that's more powerful. That woman, it was probably more powerful for her to hear that from Jesus than to hear like scripture thrown at her. Yeah. And come join this program because then she's left with like, it's so abnormal for that to happen and it was so unexpected that it's like what what's going on with that guy what's Great up with point. him yeah I, man i want that it doesn't record it but can you imagine I, I you know i ask i ask people when i when i challenge them with that story i go what did, what did her afternoon look like <laughs> yeah you know seriously did she just go home and be like oh okay yeah i had a nice i had a nice little morning mm -hmm. you know like no this guy saved your life who do you think she's telling? Yeah. Who do you think she she doesn't understand? Yeah, oh huh. yeah, that's the other thing. Does yeah. she know anything about the Trinity? Does she know anything? Did you, has she how many Bible verses has she memorized? What yeah. like where is she serving at? Yeah, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, she goes back to wherever. At least in my mind, she got a smile on her face. Mm -hmm. She's like so ecstatic. She's like telling people. I don't know what happened, mm -hmm. but these guys were going to stone me and the guy that calls himself Jesus saved my life. Yeah. Yeah. I bet she would have at least considered, I got to see that guy more, mm -hmm. you know, I got to see, I got to see what that guy's about because all the religious people, um, they were going to kill me. Yeah. But who's this Jesus? And you know, G and Jesus knows. Mm -hmm. Jesus is like, Dude, I'm the son of God. Like, I am the one that saves your soul. Mm -hmm. But he didn't, he didn't like sit her down and, and go, okay, well, here's what you got to understand. I'm going to die for you and you got to believe in me. Yeah. And I mean, I get all that and I, right? Yeah. Like that comes later. Like I'm with, I'm with Christians. I'm with mm -hmm. you on that. But as far as like the day to day, what does it look like? I'm like, that is profound. And actually... You allow God to do his thing. Yeah. You let, you let the profoundness and the mystery and the power of God change someone's life rather than you doing it, mm -hmm. right? There's mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I argued this person in the... Totally. It's good. You know, There's pride in that, too. We want to do that from a prideful place. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you think about that story, and it actually, you know, as a Christian... It actually humbles you mm -hmm. of thinking, well, Dave, how much power do you really have? You you have no, 
you don't really have that much power. Mm-hmm. You think you do. You think you're all that. But, well, here's Jesus with all the power, and all he does is say, I don't accuse you anymore. Yeah. Go and sin no more. That's so good. I'm like, Ugh. And if you think about the people that she told, the power of testimony and the power of her story, so much more profound, once again, than going and telling these people Bible verses and going and dragging these people to church and, you know, whatever it is. Um, I love that. And and dude, I am not opposed to Bible verses. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I hope it comes across like, no, there is value in scripture. I Mm -hmm. love scripture. I love the, you know, I memorize Psalms. Like Psalms are like the, the bumpers on my life that Mm kind of like keep me you know, center. Yeah. Um, or even, or whatever stories in the, in scripture and you know, all that stuff. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll memorize that. But, I think, uh, I think for that female, that woman, that stuff comes later for yeah. her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that's where, as she, as she wants to know more, as she wants to get more intimate, she discovers that through scripture. Yeah. And it's not something that's like, I just want to memorize Bible verses just because that's what people do or that's what people say I need to do. It's I'm memorizing these Psalms because it makes me feel connected to Jesus and it makes me feel intimate with Jesus. And that's that kind of signifies your development as a Christian, right? I would say, you know, I want my life as I walk with God to be, um, to have desire, right? A wanting. I want Mm -hmm. to follow you. Um, if you give me all the answers now, I have all the answers. Yeah. Uh, the desire goes away. If you keep me like wondering, then I'm like, ah, I still haven't, I, I still haven't figured that. Tell me more about, I don't know. Let me figure that out mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. What is that? Man, Jesus, Jesus, you, you walk this certain way. You treated people this way. Ah, uh, how does, ah, uh, it doesn't work with me. Yeah. Like I need to wrestle through that a yeah. little bit. And so... Yeah, man, that's yeah. that's uh, at least one of the the stories in the in in the latest time of my life that you know I still haven't figured it all out, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we ever will. It's a a common thing that said is is what type of God would He be if we could place Him in a box? Yeah, right. Small. What type? Yeah, what type of powerful God would He be? Why why would we want to understand Him like that? That would that would make us just as big as him yeah. if we could understand him and, and we don't want that we don't want to serve a god that can do that yeah that's good yeah and over the years you know just owning you know businesses and man it has been a struggle you know this walking with god being an entrepreneur being a business guy mm-hmm. being a parent being a husband i'm like what is it what is this walking with god christian thing look like in all of these areas yeah. You know, what does it look like when you're in the insurance industry uh, rubbing shoulders with people that make sixty, seventy thousand dollars a month, which at one time was like my annual salary. Mm-hmm. Right. These guys are making that in a month and I'm and I'm going I'm actually going. I want that. Mm-hmm. I want to do that and pursuing that only to find that it th- that I'm in a depression mm. because I'm I'm, you know constantly chasing that yeah and i can never achieve it Mm -hmm. but at the same time i'm this guy that you know is following christ who says you got to give up your life 
for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, ah, yeah, but I want, yeah. but I want financial security and I want money, mm-hmm. but I want, I want to follow you too. And basically, you know, uh, that whole journey, at least in the, in the insurance industry was like, you got, you gotta, you gotta trust me mm-hmm. on that. Are you willing? Are you willing to not make anything? Dave? I go, no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not willing. He's like, okay, you got to trust me on that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. It's the whole living in the gray thing that we were talking about. Let's go into that. Yeah. Um, you were talking before the podcast, how, a lot of the struggles that you see in therapy is people struggling with the black and the white, especially mm-hmm. the religious people. Yeah. Can you break that down a little bit? Yeah, I think, um, you know, and, and once again, like this, this thought isn't fully processed. So, you mm-hmm. know, I'm constantly just, you know, trying to refine yeah. some of these, trying to like really figure this out, you know, of this black and white. Right. And I think I, I know, I know it because I know it because I've lived it and and probably still do a lot of the time. Um, I'm trying to work my way out of it. But the black and the white is this. Um, I'm good. I'm bad. And I'm base, based on if I do everything right, I'm good. And if I do wrong things, I'm bad. Um, and so as a Christian, we we can kind of trick ourselves into thinking, well, I go to church I do my daily devotional. Um, you know, I memorize scripture. I serve. I do all these things. So I'm doing all these good things. So God must love me more. Yeah. And I'm actually a good person. And then when I slip into maybe a sin, you know, I, I sin or I, and that could range. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That could range from, you know, I judge someone, I lied, well, you know, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, mm-hmm. sexual sin, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I had a lustful thought. Mm-hmm. God's disappointed in me now. Yeah. Now I'm bad. Now I got to work my way back. I got to, I got to serve a little more. You know what? I'm going to start over. I'm going to do it better tomorrow, God. Because if I just, if I, the less I have these things over here the more you love me mm-hmm. now whether or not anyone would you know admit that that's how they live if if we're honest and actually vulnerable with that i actually think that we all do absolutely it's accurate so you know those that say oh i don't live that way mm-hmm. i'm like oh, okay yeah <laughs> we'll see mm-hmm. you know and um yeah and so on top of that, I think I think our culture, you know, we kind of live that way. On top of that, you put a religious, you know, tone on that. And now we're messing with, right, the value, our worth, you know, God, you know, this big God that saves our souls. Loves you if you're good and is really disappointed if you're bad. Right? Yeah. And... You know, I, I, I challenged somebody um, the other day, and basically I'm just challenging myself, but, you know, this thought came up. I'm like, oh, you know what's really interesting is is that the Christians, the ones that are the professionals in knowing about grace, live in the black and white way more. And so yet we'll sing songs about grace and we'll preach grace, yet 
I'm going to guess that the majority, and we'll call the majority 51%, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> the majority of us live in this black and white all the time, and we and we never truly understand grace. Grace is the um, lady caught in adultery. Yeah. You think yeah. she experienced some grace there? Mm-hmm. I deserve death, but I got life. Huh. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, man, the, uh, the, the consequences of that is this c- conflicting life mm-hmm. all the time, right? I'm trying to be good so that God loves me, but I know I'm bad. So does he hate me? I'm like, oh, but I, I just, I'm just looking for God's approval mm-hmm. is basically, you know, it comes down to that. I'm, I'm just looking for his approval. Does he approve of me? Right. And mm-hmm. we will live that mm-hmm. way for for our entire lives for, you know a lot yeah. of us will live that way in this constant uh this conflict mm-hmm. and we never get that sense of peace that god looks at you in all of your shame and all your guilt and your grossness mm-hmm. and says dave i love you stop trying mm-hmm. i absolutely love you now from that when you experience that i i I theorize and I, I I say, when I experience that, I want to be with you, God. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, right? When I experience that. But if I'm not experiencing that grace, I'll go black and white. It becomes works. Yeah. I'm going to do all this so that you love me, and hopefully I don't sin very much so you mm-hmm. don't you know, hate me. Yeah. Right? And when I do sin, then I'm depressed and Crap. sad about it. Crap, like, now I'm depressed. Yeah. and He doesn't love me. <sighs> Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. and like I mean, you could think of that as a burden, right? Totally, this burden of like constantly being good or bad. Which is it? Yeah, you know. And God, which is it? Do you love me? Do you not love me? Right? Yeah, that's oh. so interesting. I'm exhausted talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, it hits home huge for me, and from the the people that I know, it's nice to put some words to that mm. because I've struggled with that and. It's really nice to hear that because that's what it is. It's like you're not settling into the grace. You're living in this black and white life where you're going from being on, you know, mountain high with God. And like you said, you're you're journaling every morning, you're reading your Bible, you're memorizing scripture, all this stuff. And then you might have an instance of sin or you might have a couple days of just being disconnected and being prideful, trying to do it your own way or whatever it is. And then you kind of feel like crap because you feel convicted and you feel like he doesn't love me now because I'm not following him. So then you go back and you say, okay, let me re, re restart again. Mm-hmm. And then you do all the same things. And it's like this teeter totter of just like highs and lows and highs and lows. And the whole time you're ignoring the, the biggest principle within the Bible besides love, which is grace. Yeah. And that is what brings us to peace. Totally. And it's so ironic that, like you said, the people who know, the concept of grace the most, who sing the songs about grace, who preach grace, all those types of things, they are the ones not really experiencing it and embracing it. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe they do. I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, I'm going to guess for a majority mm-hmm. of us, hundred percent that we, that's what we're struggling with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and when you read the scriptures, you know, when you read, um, you know, the Psalms, Um, and, and you get these pictures of, uh, you know, you know, Psalm 23, right. Um, 
you lead me beside quiet waters. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I'm like, well, that, that picture of that, you lead me beside quiet waters. That's like a very, at, at least for me is a serene, peaceful, um, unexpecting, just being yes. place. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. is that where I should be? God, should I just be, should I be beside quiet waters? Because right now living in the black, the white, yeah. I'm really working. I'm actually on a mountain, yeah. just, you know, hauling up large rocks mm -hmm. and sweating and, and really trying to work for you to, mm -hmm. to just love me. And he's like, man, that's not quiet waters, man. That's not quiet. <laughs> uh, I'm over here. Yeah. I'm over here by quiet waters yeah. and I want you to be with me. Um, I don't know. It's just an aspect of at least what I've, kind of been mm -hmm. walking through in life and mm -hmm. and that you know at at this point in time i'm trying to be there yeah you know? it's super refreshing to hear that and to, to have words be put to that because like i said it's something that i struggle with and i see people struggling with a lot so just bringing that into the light and being able to identify that as the source of some of my angst mm. is super refreshing because I, I love psalm 23 and there's a song called green pastures which is a different part of that verse. Mm -hmm. um, you make me lie down in green pastures, leave me beside quiet waters. But there's a song by David Beloch. I don't know if it's Beloche or Beloch. It's B-A-L-O-C-H-E. Mm -hmm. He has an album called Labyrinth, and he considers himself a modern-day psalmist. And he's out of New York. He is... I, I highly recommend everyone to go check out that album. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, and stuff like that. Um, but it is super powerful. It's yeah. all scripture based music mm -hmm. um mostly out of the psalms and it's with a little bit more of experimental synths and modern day sounds and really cool vocal effects and stuff like that and i've i just got my 2018 wrapped spotify playlist where it gives you like all your top most listened songs and his entire album is my top most listened hmm. um songs yeah all i think there's 11 of them but I've had that on repeat numerous times because he speaks about these green pastures, these quiet waters, this grace concept, and it's super refreshing. So yeah. I highly recommend people to check that dude dude out. It's a great way to kind of absorb scripture through melodic yeah. Yeah. means, which is cool. Yeah. You know, another um, quote from uh, Dallas Willard that has really kind of stuck with me over time um, just even, even in like therapy, even in, you know, pace of life is, uh, uh, Dallas, he, he, he says, um, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Hmm. And so here's this, uh, here's this guy, he's, he's dead now. Um, and he, here's this guy with all this wisdom, right? Spiritual guy. I mean, He's, he walks with God and he taught, you know, lots of books mm -hmm. on, uh, the spiritual disciplines, USC professor, right? Yeah. Wasn't... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, right. So he's, he's like speaking to the non-Christian world mm -hmm. and he says, you know, these are, these are the quotes that come out of him. Uh, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life, right? Of all the things to say, here's this old guy that says you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And as I've, as I've thought about that, as as thinking, well, why would he say that? And thinking about God, I go, oh yeah. Well, is God in a hurry? Like if you think about you know the way that Jesus walked, mm -hmm. 
you know, Jesus was never, you know, in a hurry. In fact, when he heard about his friend Lazarus who died, he went the other way, right? And two days later he came. It's not like he dropped everything and ran. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like, hmm, you know, his pace of life. And I was thinking, you know, God is not, God is not stressed out. Mm-hmm. He is not overly concerned about, you know, what you're going to do right now. You know, you don't feel, when I, when I think of God, I don't think of him as anxious, right? Continually mm-hmm. worrying, like, oh, I don't, yeah. oh, what's Nick going to do? Mm-hmm. What's Dave going to do? You know, it's this quiet water. It's this green pasture. It's this not in a hurry. Yeah. I will wait for you, right? It's like patience. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, man, mm-hmm. if that was the pace of Christ and that is not my pace, Mm -hmm. then uh, who needs to change here? Yeah. Jesus or me? I'm like, oh, okay, me. I do. That's powerful. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a part of my practice is like, um, I had a friend, Dave Beck, who he's up in Seattle, and uh, he gave me this game to play. It's called the slow game. And he challenged me to, um, when I'm on the highway, drive in the slow lane, you know, on purpose, right? (laughs) Sounds like a horrible game. (laughs) (laughs) That is a horrible game, but it develops in you a pace of, you know, contemplation and just Mm. ease. Or he said, uh, um, you know, when you're at the store next time on purpose, choose the longest line. Wow. And just be okay with that. You know, to kind of cultivate yeah. this, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not in a hurry and I'm going to rest and I'm going to see. And what that does is, you know, you're talking about um, mindfulness or one of the questions there mm-hmm. is this, when you start doing that, you actually see the things around you. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to see God work. Well, you will not see God if you're in a hurry all the time on your plans, on your agenda, on your stuff that you got to get to in a hurry. Mm-hmm. It's when you slow down that you can actually enjoy the quiet ride, you know? Mm-hmm. So like when I came over here this morning, I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 35 miles an hour on Taylor road. <laughs> and I started seeing the trees, you know, and the color of the sky and the autumn leaves and the contrast between them. And I had read a, a Psalm, Psalm 8 today. It talks about um, the majesty of God. Mm. I'm like, here's, here's a pretty profound, I think, a profound thing. You can experience the majesty of God in a split second. Wherever you are in your chaos of life, if you just actually slow down, breathe, you can, you can see the majesty of God. You can see how big he is just by the colors of the sky Mm. and the contrast of the leaves and how small you really are. And Mm. how profound is it that the majesty of God, God loves the small little insignificant Dave Pabalotti. Yeah. Yeah. And that a piece of that majesty lives and dwells inside of you. Yeah. Over and yeah. over again, Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit resides in us and leads us, and 
for some reason, we choose to ignore that. But yeah. how powerful that truth is. That's yeah. insane. That's, a, a, that's like an easy practice yeah. that you can do. You don't have to go to church. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to go to a building or, you know, to an event to experience that kind of um, intimacy yeah. with God. Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, leads, it can lead down another, you know, conversation of totally what people are trying to do. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that that is what we want. We crave this depth. Um, there's a, there's a uh, quote, let me pull it up, but there's a quote written in another uh, favorite book of mine, um, Celebrations of Discipline, which is written by Richard Foster, uh, who was a Quaker. Now, I don't want to be a Quaker, but, <laughs> you know, you ask, like, you know, can you get wisdom from other people? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. well, he was, he was one. But um, he talks about the spiritual disciplines and what the spiritual disciplines actually provide for you. And, uh, you know, over time doing the, the disciplines, that would be um, prayer, fasting, solitude, meditation, celebration, worship, service, mm. study, right? All of these things. Um, we like the study part because mm -hmm. that's something that we can grasp. Yeah. We can actually go to a Wednesday night Bible study and, and obtain information. We like that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, the meditation part, the silence, the solitude, we don't, uh, eh, it's mm -hmm. not really that comfortable because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I need to be doing something. Yeah. Oh, wait, am I in a hurry? Right. Yep. It's like the, <laughs> the track. Yeah. But, uh, he says, this is one of my favorite lines. When I, when I first picked up this book, he says, uh, the desperate need today is not for greater, for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. Mm. And what the spiritual disciplines do is the goal is not the discipline. The goal is not to um, boast about how much I pray or fast or how much I retreat or go to solitude and how spiritual I am. That is not the goal. The goal of the discipline is to actually place you in front of God. It is the, it is the thing that actually slows you way down to get to the place where actually God can actually speak to you in crazy, mysterious, supernatural, powerful ways. Mm -hmm. The goal is not the discipline. I want, you know, that's one thing that I've like really learned, you know, and, and we fail when we start getting into the disciplines, we, we fail because like, okay, you know, I, I, I made the fast. Yeah. Right. I'm doing I, it. I'm I did doing it. it. Yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah. And, uh, I got, you know, five more hours. Oh, right. And that's, that's yeah. how we do that. But that's not the goal. The goal is not to have completed the fast. The goal is to allow the hunger inside of you, take you to a place where, what does that hunger mean? And it, it points you in the direction of God, at least pointing. Mm -hmm. And then how does that bring you to the place where God is actually speaking to you? Yeah. So whether that's fasting, prayer, which prayer is not a lot of prayer is not speaking it's listening yeah another thing we don't like to do um solitude which is getting away to quiet places we don't like to do that i got too much to do mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. i got four businesses yeah yeah i got kids i i don't have time to get away right mm -hmm. silence meditation mm -hmm. i didn't once again it, actually it all comes back to hurry 
Yeah. We don't have time. One, yep. Mm-hmm. So if we don't have time and we're always in a hurry, how much are we really taking in the words of God? Mm-hmm. Not much. I don't know. Well, I don't know about other people, but for me, that doesn't work very well. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and with that, with that hurry, with that pace that we have adopted, it also translates to us wanting change, personal change from God instantly, mm. which is not his nature. And I've seen that in my life. I've, when I want something, whether it's like some personal transformation, some occupational transformation or circumstantial transformation, whatever it is, I pray for these things and I want them now. I want them now. Come on, Lord. Yep. I, Hurry up. I, I prayed. We say hurry up. I asked you. The Bible <laughs> says that you'll, you know, respond to my prayers. What's up? And I'm slowly learning that just like you said, his pace is much different than ours. And he's going to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. He's not just going to, he can flick a switch mm-hmm. and then you're changed. He can flick a switch and you have no more anxiety yeah. or you get fired from your job and the next day you have your dream job. But at least in my life, the majority of the time, he's going to go through a thorough process to make sure whatever transformation is going to take place is going to be a concrete transformation that is for the right reasons, that was thoughtfully developed, Mm -hmm. and that you are literally transformed thoroughly, Mm -hmm. that he did his works in you. Sometimes that takes a week, sometimes that takes a month, sometimes that takes years, Mm -hmm. and because of our hurried nature, that's hard to deal with. It's it's deep, man. Mm Mm-hmm. It's deep. Yeah, yeah, and I'm... Like I said, I've seen that a lot in my life and I'm seeing it right now. Mm-hmm. Slow transformation. I've I've had mental health struggles for the past couple of years and I'm like through anxiety and a little bit of depressive stuff and it's like, Lord, change me. Lord, change me. I'm reading my Bible, yeah. writing my journal every morning. What's going on? And I haven't had the switch yeah. flicked over to the other side, but I've seen progress yeah. and um, I have more good days now than bad days which used to not be true and it's like okay lord thank you yeah. i trust you and you you are faithful and you are letting me progress mm-hmm. and i'm grateful for that yeah man one of my uh now and actually this has happened in the last couple of weeks but um psalm 88 right it's known as is the loneliest psalm so typically the the uh, rhythm of the psalms will it'll either start you know with like a like God, you're so awesome, and here's how you've you know come through with my life, and then you're awesome again. Or it's gone like it'll go, uh, man, my life sucks, mm-hmm. and it can't get any worse. But you're amazing, and <laughs> right, and it takes mm-hmm. you back up, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the rhythm of the Psalms do that. Well, Psalm 88 is the one Psalm that does not do that. Hmm. It actually goes, my life sucks, and darkness is my closest friend. <laughs> Boom. Right, no hope in that song. Yeah. Psalm. So, um, but um, now, if we were to, you know, take the, I don't know, the Hebrew and study it, I'm, I'm sure I'd be way off. But at least <laughs> this, this uh, line in the psalm has really spoken to me. It's it ends with darkness is my closest friend. Now, I would not want to read that naturally. I just wouldn't want to read that and be hope filled mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, that that doesn't inspire me. Yeah, you know. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't want that life. Give me a different one, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But 
what I've um, maybe even processed through a little bit is this what kind of what we're talking about, kind of allowing the pace of God to work in us, with us, through us, to where we can actually get to a place where I can actually say, it's okay. Darkness is my closest friend. I'm okay mm -hmm. with I'm okay with being here. Mm. And not have to hurry to climb out of this hole that I'm out or that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, I don't know, it's just a little inside the mind of, you know, that's that is not based on uh, that's not some theological stance or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. But I'm just saying that line is pretty interesting of how it could really turn a really dark situation right we all go through these dark times mm -hmm. marriages fail jobs fail mm -hmm. kids are sick right mm -hmm. depression anxiety mental health mm -hmm. yeah i'm in this place mm -hmm. well what if instead of trying to climb out of this hole you actually were present in it mm -hmm. and darkness became your closest friend yeah you're very familiar with that you're like hmm okay I know, sounds depressing, Yeah, but actually, I don't know. No, it makes sense. There's a quote that I keep seeing recently. can't remember who said it, but it says something to the effect of um, hard life, unhappy, or no, sorry, hard life, happy life, easy life, unhappy life, hmm. which kind of goes to speak, it speaks to that, like, yeah you develop and you progress in the hard times. Totally. If if life is easy and you're just coasting along, you are not moving forward. Yeah. You're you're not developing your mind, you're not expanding your mind, you're not learning new wisdoms that are helping you. Yeah. You're not struggling through things that are going to help you develop. Yeah. But if you are struggling, you have to scratch and fight and claw your way out of it, grabbing onto wisdom, grabbing onto relationships grabbing onto your relationship with the lord grabbing onto whatever you can yeah. and you're building a, an army inside yourself to prevent you from succumbing to future battles or just helping you persist through whatever comes your way yeah i think um you know regarding crossfit uh you know i know you've you've dabbled in that a little mm -hmm. bit i know you work out yourself and i've been doing crossfit for eight years now mm -hmm. um and in so, sometimes i listen to this guy his name is david goggins right? yeah this, dude this is the uh yeah he's bad <laughs> it's a bad man yeah and uh and he he says like embrace the suck or he'll mm. say um get comfortable being uncomfortable yeah and, and you know his story and here's another way of like you know i don't know you know i don't know if that guy's a christian but man, God could use that guy mm -hmm. to help, you know, people that are, you know, just down and out. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, so when I listen to him, I'm like, yeah, that's why I do CrossFit because CrossFit sucks. The workouts are the worst. I do not want to work out every day. I want to be lazy. Yeah. I want to just sit. I don't want my body to hurt. But doing those workouts is almost like a spiritual practice for me. Yes. Of going like, I know that life can get really dark and really sucky and just hurt. I know that that's out there. How do I train myself for that? In a physical way, how do I train my body to experience this kind of like, and it's not like a, you know, my leg is breaking, so keep breaking it, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. But it's like my spirit is broken. Mm -hmm. Like I got a lot of voices in my head. 
when I'm working out, I got a lot of voices in my head going, yep. hey, stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's This isn't good. Yeah. This is horrible. You feel horrible. This is, yeah, don't do it. Mm-hmm. It's misery. Mm-hmm. Stop being miserable. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, well, no. Yeah. Because how's that going to play out when my kid gets sick mm-hmm. or my wife dies? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want that to be very familiar. That's yeah. just me. That's yeah. not for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's accurate, though. You know? At the end of all the topical episodes I do, I I say, nobody cares, work harder. Because that's Cameron Haynes. Cameron Haynes is this bow hunter dude from Oregon. He's a beast and my ultimate man crush and my brother's ultimate man crush. He's like this, like, he's probably 48 or something like that, I think he is. But he runs, like, he ran a 238 ultra, 238 mile ultra marathon through the Mojave Desert, I yeah. think it was. Um, he's just a complete yeah. psycho and he's awesome. And his whole thing is just nobody cares. Work harder, work harder <laughs> through it, man. And actually, David Goggins is with Cam Haynes right now as we are sitting here oh, really? in Oregon. And um, Cam was with him at his uh, his bow shop yesterday, getting David <laughs> David Goggins a bow. Um, and it also makes me think of a quote. I listened to this awesome Tim Ferriss podcast with Terry Crews. You know Terry Crews, the Old Spice guy, the black mm. dude who's yeah. ex NFL, yeah. super jacked. Um, that podcast, I didn't have high hopes for it. I'm like, you know, what does this Old Spice Terry Crews guy have to <laughs> offer me? One of the best podcasts I've ever listened to in my entire life. And I've listened to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. Mm. And I highly recommend people to check that one out. It's with Terry Crews, Tim Ferriss. Um, and in that podcast, he says uh, his favorite quote, which is, I think it's a Henry David Thoreau quote. And it um, it is... God will not have his word made manifest by cowards, mm. which is powerful. Mm. God will not have his word made manifest by cowards. And it's like, yeah, you, you got to struggle, man. You got to mm. struggle and you got to, you need to show me some courage to get out of it. And you need to show me some discipline to get out of it mm-hmm. and, and keep going. Yeah. Keep hammering. Well, in lots of ways. Yeah. In lots of ways, you know, I, I don't know. I just know that for me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, if there's somebody out there that doesn't know a way to live and is in a certain place, I know the way that I live. And here are some things that I do that kind of keep me together, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. walking with God. I mean, right. I'm not going to I'm not going to budge on like you got to walk with God. Right. That's the way I do it. Yeah. So if you're going to ask me like. How do you do it? Well, and I also put my body in extreme situations with, with CrossFit. You yeah. Know, it's like, if you want to do that, you know, um, yeah, I think it's good for, uh, you know, a part of even thinking about future therapy stuff, mm-hmm. uh, with addicts. Yeah. Um, you know, bringing the, bringing some of these, you know, you know, individuals into a CrossFit gym, uh, mm-hmm. it changes community. It changes environment. It's hard. You can't quit. You got a mentor, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of like helping them experience that. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. like your way of life is a certain way and you're where you are because of that way. Mm-hmm. I know this way. So yeah, if you'd like to, I don't know, if you want to change, you know, you just kind of have to adapt a different way mm-hmm. of life. Yeah. So, and it'll physically change the chemistry of your body as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Doing that. There's some, there's some really cool. <laughs> benefits to it yeah yeah yeah. 
I want to go back to the spiritual disciplines real quick. Yeah. So you mentioned how many, about nine or 10 of those. How, sure. What are your go-to spiritual disciplines? Do you, do you routinely practice all of those or kind of, what is a, a day in the life of a Dave Poblati mm-hmm. spiritual discipline? Okay. So, um, I really love, uh, silence and solitude. Um, I love, what does that look like for you? Okay. Silence and solitude every morning at when, you know, when I get, I get up at five and leave my house five 30 and drive to the gym. I do not turn the radio on and I just, I'm in silence. So that's a little practical way. Yeah. You know, I can't just go out to the mountains yeah. and stare. I would love to do that, mm-hmm. but I have, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So here's a very simple way. I'm just silent. I'm, I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to, I ruminate, think about, you know, God, what do you have for me today? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a simple way. Yeah. There's nothing like overly spiritual about it. Just silence. So that's, that's one. Um, prayer. Prayer for me is um, less talking and requesting and more listening of going like, um, you know, what, who are you bringing up in my mind? Right. Mm. Um, like I had a guy this morning, his, his father passed away, you know, a couple of days ago and his, a, a thought came to my mind of like this guy. And so I'm like, I, I'm just sent out a text. I don't even know. It's mm. like seven o'clock in the morning. I yeah. don't know if it's waking him up or anything, yeah. but I'm going to send him a text, tell him that I'm, thinking and praying for him and his family and if i need if he needs anything like let me know i don't know if i could do anything Mm -hmm. i just eh, i don't know so for me that interaction with god yeah is prayer for me sometimes it has requests sometimes it doesn't um fasting is occasional you know i haven't done that lately but um there is a time there's periods of time Mm -hmm. where i kind of get back on that is that a food fast or a... That's a food fast. So oh, I go from okay. Sunday night to a Monday night, typically. Okay, 24-hour fast. Yep. And what that has uh, taught me is actually grace. Mm-hmm. So um, because I would try and make that a rule, right? That gave me value. So if I make the fast, then I'm good. If I don't, I have failed. Mm-hmm. And God is not... Appreci- well, the back first time... Back to the I, black and white. Yeah, yeah, back to the black and white, man. <laughs> But the fast is, has taught me, um, well, actually my wife called me one day I was fasting and I was so hungry. (laughs) And then she, because she's so loving, she's like, oh, Hey, can you stop by, um, you know, in and out and get us us dinner. And you know that the smells of in and out just pierce, pierce your soul. (laughs) And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm like fasting today, right? I was getting upset. And she's like, she says, uh, well, have you experienced what you're supposed to experience today? And I'm like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've been really hungry. I've been really focused. And if I hold on to this rule right now, then I will be um, a, just a rule follower. Yeah. I'm like trying to make this rule yeah. give me value. Some arbitrary 24-hour number. Yeah. That somehow, somehow, if I make it, then God's pleased with me. Mm-hmm. And if I don't... So I'm like, that experience right there, I, I got some in and out. That's cool. You know? Yeah. But that that is kind of experiencing grace yeah. where I don't have to ruin my life 
to experience it. Yeah. You know, that's so, cool. Fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that doing that Sunday night, um, prayer, solitude, silence, retreat, right? I have, I have annual retreats. I have quarterly retreats, just getting away, um, a worship. What, do, what does a retreat look like? Is it, is it with a group of people, a specific it can, group it of can people? It can be, it uh-huh. can be, um, but there's no agenda. Okay. Just no agenda. Are you, is it like to Lake Tahoe or is it like to... Yeah, a lot of times it's to Lake Tahoe. We okay. have the, we have that um, benefit of being yeah, here. That's nice, huh? So, uh, but yeah, to the ocean. I love the okay. ocean. Yeah. So a lot of my yearly rhythms for retreat, it's just, that's, that's what it is. And retreat is just getting out, unplugging uh-huh. yourself from doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, yeah, I don't know. I'm going, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Do you focus on like when you are in these retreats, are you like phoneless? Are you reading scriptures X amount of hours a day? Are you, I mean, what, what is a, okay. Yeah. So I don't concentrate on that. Mm-hmm. I still, because, um, life with God is life with God all the time. Mm-hmm. So even in retreat, retreat is from, I'm unplugging from work okay. and then the normal, busyness of life got you but the the continual patterns of being with god remain Mm -hmm. so i don't necessarily Mm -hmm. need to put my phone away Mm -hmm. um, but i need to be aware if that's taking up time you know yeah i right it all goes back to like this listening interacting with god like you know god are you saying that i'm i'm looking at my phone too much okay yeah i'm putting that away Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. so uh we got that um worship a weekly worship. I go to church. Yeah. You know, I lead, I, you know, I'm a pastor, so mm-hmm. I have that job to do. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but I would go, mm-hmm. where else are you going to go and devote an hour of your life of your week mm-hmm. to just worshiping and whether that's hearing scripture, maybe hearing from someone who's sharing, mm-hmm. maybe singing a song mm-hmm. like songs. Mm-hmm are the the songs of our the prayers of our heart and actually you know songs are like where you can be the most vulnerable yeah 100 percent. right no one wants to sing because my voice sucks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well get over yourself right and sing Mm -hmm. that is a very vulnerable spot where else are you going to do that Mm -hmm. you know so uh, those are those are some of the things Mm -hmm. and worship doesn't have to be music like you said you can go you can experience worship on your retreat yeah. through what I call creation admiration. Yeah. When you're just out on the ocean, it's like, wow, Lord, yeah, you are glorious. Yeah, you are mighty. You create. You spoke this into existence. Yeah. That is worship. Yeah, you don't have to sing to worship. That is a way to worship, mm-hmm. but you don't have to do that. And you know, th- I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. I just don't have a lot of time to mm-hmm. do that. So a very easy way to put into your life a discipline a spiritual discipline of worship is you know to get together with your church community and sing the songs i i I tend to challenge people let the let the stories of your life in the last week fuel the admiration and celebration for this song right now Hmm. don't just sing the song although that can that has some things to it but come to a place where you cannot wait to sing yeah those songs yeah. Because life has been so good mm-hmm. in the last week. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. Embrace those words. Yeah. That's good. What else? What other ones? Um, 
you know, just a life of service. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, in my mind, in the Dave Pavelotti, uh, mind, not, not many people. I mean, I'm probably crazy in here, but (laughs) we all are. (laughs) I would love to be like a, like a monk, Mm -hmm. you know, or like a, just a friar (laughs) that, that kind of just goes around and, and would love to help people if you're in need. Yeah. That's not a natural thing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm naturally very selfish, but I know that in service that helps, you know, that helps, that helps me become less. Yes. So instituting some form of discipline in that to where I am, you know, if my natural tendency is to be like, Oh no, that's my time. Mm -hmm. But this guy needs help moving. No. So it's my time. Right. So how can I institute practices in my life to where I'm like, my natural inclination is to hold on to me, but this person needs help. I'm going to go help that person. Yeah. Right. That's so important. Doing the hard thing. Mm -hmm. So I talk about that with a lot of my students. I I try and instill the concept of long-term versus short-term joy with them through selflessness. And I, and I talk about how, when you act in selfish means, when you um, choose to do things that benefit you instead of benefit others, that brings short-term joy. Like if you have a friend that's moving and you are about to go play basketball and that person calls, it's like, hey man, I really need help moving and you choose to go play basketball instead, you get short-term joy from playing hoop while you're there. But afterward, you kind of feel like crap, like dang, I probably should have helped him. That was a selfish move, but you get short-term joy. Whereas if you go and help that person move, for the rest of your life, you can reflect on you um, not being selfish and going to help that person and get a little hit of dopamine and a little bit of joy from that, right? Like, man, I'm glad I did. I'm proud of myself, yeah. you know, for doing that. Yeah. And that that's healthy. That's a healthy way to live. And that's a healthy, easy way to establish and experience long-term joy, I think, is being of service and being selfless. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said before, if, yeah, at, least, at least for me, the spiritual disciplines are not for me to feel good about myself. I mean, that is a benefit yes. of it. But for at least for me, the disciplines are not for me to feel good about myself or to somehow right live in this black and white. I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. I'm a bad person. They really are. I want depth of God. I want to know the depths. I want to hear... God's voice. I want to walk around being a, a Yoda, mm-hmm. right? Like I always, put, I always put this illustration out there. We love Star Wars, and we love the Jedi Knights, mm-hmm. right? Like when you think about the Jedi Knights when they come on the scene, are are you like, are you going like, oh no, what's gonna happen? Or are you like, oh sweet, yes, they're gonna do some mind tricks. They're gonna jump around, float around, mm-hmm. you know, grab their lightsabers and just. You could be shooting at the Jedi's, and they're just with their lightsaber. They're just like, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> the spiritual disciplines focus me so that I can be in front of God, so that He can speak to me, so that I can go and impact somebody or touch somebody or give a word to somebody or bring life to someone to a situation to right so mm-hmm. i'm like i i want to be continually walking in this in this presence so that as i go and walk i'm like i'm not just some human dave pavelotti i'm like god's creation mhm 
where there is death and chaos around and darkness, I'm bringing life and 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 uh, beauty and just light to yeah. you. Not because of me, but because I've I've hung around the burning bush. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. All right, let's wrap this up. Right. Um, three books and why. If you could recommend three books from any genre to anyone, what would they be and why? Okay. I would do Celebration of Discipline. I, I still am continually reading that seven years later. I continually read Celebration of Discipline. Wow. It's got some nuggets in there, and um, and I'll tell you how to read them. Uh, and then uh, In the Name of Jesus by Henry Nouwen, mm-hmm. I think is important. And then uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Which is mm. uh, it's just like a sales book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, that actually helped me become very genuine, genuine with people, to be with people in the present moment, look at them in the eye, remember their name, value them, value this person. Which mm. is not a, it's not a spiritual Christian book. It's a sales book, mm-hmm. um, and the and the title even is kind of you know odd yeah how to win friends and influence mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. seems pretty uh sketchy or but sneaky. easily translates to a christian philosophy oh, yeah. because we're called yeah. to love oh yeah and that is so, love so whatever lens you want to read mm-hmm. through it but that's the way i take it but that yeah. has been very instrumental in my life yeah the way that i read celebration of disciplines and in the name of jesus or anything by dallas Willard or whoever what whatever i'm not a good reader i cannot read a book in a week I like nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. So I pretend that I'm actually sitting at a table with Richard Foster or Dallas Willard or Henry Nowen. And I say, as I read a page or uh, actually Eugene Peterson. Oh yeah. Oh man. I love Eugene Peterson. Yeah. I'm sitting down with him. I read a page and that's his voice. We're having a conversation and he's just sharing with me his life. Mm. And this, whatever little nugget, I can take from that page. I just, okay, that's good. That's enough. And so like page by page, it's conversation by conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I, it's hard for me to read chapters yeah. and obtain all this stuff. Totally. I'm like, I just want to read this one page and yeah. get this one nugget because it's the little nuggets of life that mm-hmm. I, I can handle. That's it. I'm glad you said that because I was, when I was reading through Dallas Willard's renovation of the heart, <laughs> I was like, I had the mentality of like, I'm, I'm going to get through this book, you know, yeah. two months later, I'm like halfway through yeah. and I'm like, I'm going to get through this book two months after that. I'm like three quarters of the way through. It's <laughs> like, dude, because it is so deep. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy read, but like, like you said, there's a paragraph that you can chew on for a week yeah. if you want it's yeah. not like you're reading through some narrative it's it's like so deep and profound and there's so much of it it's like i don't know i i appreciate you saying that because i think it'll make me look at the books that are over there in that book closet a little bit different yeah when they're written by well and allow that to be a grace yeah too. allow yeah. it to teach you grace mm-hmm. you don't have to read the whole chapter nick yeah and Just- ruthlessly eliminating <laughs> hurry you're fine. Yeah. You're good, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to read that chapter. <laughs> All right, Dave. Thank you, man. You I appreciate it. you coming on the show, dude. Thanks for having me. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the instrumental used on the intro and outro of this podcast. If 
you're interested in connecting with me, please find me on Instagram at life.enchanted, or you can send me an email at theoptimizedone at gmail.com. Please remember that I am not a doctor. If you're considering making any sudden changes to your diet or lifestyle, you should absolutely first consult your physician. 